Hey Frank, today I want to talk about something near and dear to your heart, which is AI. Ooh, my favorite subject. What are we talking about, James? I'm so excited. Well, I want to talk about a new topic that we've talked about before. So I guess it's an old topic, but we've actually had time now for you specifically to have a lot of hands-on experience, which is Copilot. Ooh, I love it. Yes, yes. Okay. This is my favorite AI by far because I use it every day and every day I use it, I smile a big, big smile. <laughs> so cool. Uh, recap episode. Um, looking back, was it worth it? All that. I'm curious because I've been hooked on it, but I think you are saying you're not quite so hooked on it. So I'm really interested in getting your perspective too. Well, so here's my problem. And the reason I'm not hooked on it is because while I have it installed, I have it turned off. And I, I, <laughs> that doesn't I could, work. <laughs> so it doesn't work. So I, I think I just haven't experienced anything mm. yet. Okay. And the reason I had turned it off, so I installed it originally in VS uh, on Windows, like VS, uh, the, the main line VS, not VS Code. I had it in VS Code and I mostly use Visual Studio on Windows for most of my development. But the reason I turned it off is because I do a lot of coding. Uh, for presentations and for videos and, oh. <laughs> and I didn't want to have it on to sort of mess with my vote because half the time, uh, you know, in telecode and full line completion, uh, it writes the code for me. So I, w- I was, I was doing a workshop recently and I was going through my code in my workshop and I'm typing my code and I'm just hitting tab because Visual yeah. Studio is just literally full line completing everything. And I was like, I don't even have to do anything. It's implementing my interfaces. And of course, I'm blown away because it's so good, the full line completion, that um, I, I was scared to turn on GitHub Copilot because if I'm doing a workshop, I don't want it to automatically start writing all my code for me, which which <laughs> would be really fun and cool uh, for it to go through. But I was always I was always worried that that. I, it would it would try to do something and either mess up my demo or it would do the right thing and write the right code. And then it would kind of confuse people. And I didn't want to show, you know, I never want to yeah. have extensions on when I'm doing those demos. So what ends up happening is I forget to re-enable those things. <laughs> so if it's not in the box and on by default, I most likely haven't actually used it. So I've been missing out on this sort of experience. Have you? Have you? You know, it's funny that here's the problem. I don't use IntelliCode. Uh, I, I don't have a awesome VS uh, uh, Windows Visual Studio to use it on, and it's not on the Mac. So I have zero experience with IntelliCode. But I found it pretty interesting that what you said was the most beneficial part of it is the full line completion. And that's what I think my biggest benefit from Copilot is also that feature. Mm. You were saying that you're worried about it generating a whole bucket of code or something like that. And honestly, it does. And I always hate it when it does that because I really love the single line completion aspect because it's really good at guessing what you want, but it's never, you know, 100%, right? Sometimes it is single line. It's almost always right. But filling out, you know, 10 lines of code or 50 lines of code, it's going to do something a tiny bit different than the way you want it to. And so I actually really prefer, this is something Maybe it's personal. Maybe other people work different ways, but I really prefer the single line completion version of it. I guess there are two modes that I've enjoyed. So single line completion, that is 99% of the time what I'm doing. 
But sometimes if there's like a whole bunch of boilerplate code, I hmm. do do that thing where you put a comment in and you're like, here's a function that does this and that and parses a string and pulls this out. And here's an example of that string. And then I just hit new line and I hope I cross my fingers <laughs> and the magic AI will fill in like the entire function. But it's funny, though, that is definitely more rare than just doing the boilerplate. I swear to you, 99% of the time, it's just adding a semicolon to the end of the, <laughs> end of the line because I, I'm an F-sharp programmer. I always forget those semicolons. <laughs> is, it, is it very clear? Because there's, because there's IntelliSense, IntelliCode, and yeah. then there's Copilot. Now, IntelliCode... I'm pretty sure IntelliCode is the is like the recommendation engine, right? So if you have IntelliSense, it'll give you little stars, but then it also does. I'm gonna look up. So I wonder if it make well, it sense, right? Because IntelliSense has been with us forever, correct? Yeah, yeah. I I think I can summarize it. Um, IntelliSense is kind of looking at the metadata, all the declarations in your code, and they're looking at the exact expression that you're typing, and they're figuring out the data types, and they're using the data types to look up members and all of that. That's great. Um, the problem is that list got kind of big somewhere around .NET 2 or 3. And so we needed to start sorting that list. And that's something, I think that that was also called IntelliCode at one point. But mm. very quickly, IntelliCode became much smarter than that and would actually do some predictive um, fill-in-the-blank, not just uh, try to guess which one of the APIs you actually want to do. Yeah, I'm looking here at, well, the, the IntelliCode documentation and there's yeah whole line completions which does kind of what it sounds like it it attempts to um do full whole line completions yeah. <laughs> so it's like i start writing if and then it'll try to figure out based on the additional context, context yeah. what it is so for example let's say you had a method that was that passed in a file and you did if it might do like file.exist and like try to fill that in or file does not equals equals null or whatever it's just kind of like doing it so that's mm -hmm. one thing. The other thing is just suggestions, right? It tries to do like smart suggestions for what you might do next um, in 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 general. So it might recommend, hey, like, you know, most people after this do this or they might use this <laughs> next piece of XAML or something like that. And then there's other things like you can do full models, like you can run like a model on your code and it can then do a little bit deeper inside of it as well. And there's not anything for Mac. I thought IntelliCode did was on Mac. No, I think they keep teasing us and mm. saying it's coming. But as far as I know, it's not here. Um, we're, we just got the IntelliSense happening. So on Mac, if you have VS Code, you can use Copilot. That's how I use it. If you have Rider, you can use Copilot. Unfortunately, Visual Studio for Mac does not support it. So I have to switch over to code whenever I want to use it. Mm. But, you know, that's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Got it. Um, yeah. You, it's funny. I like uh, I, I, it, looking back at how I actually use it. I, I guess I'm being a little short by saying I just use it for the line completion because I remember I typed like a whole algorithm like I have a point and a, a line defined by two other points and I need the distance <laughs> between mm -hmm. the point and the line and I can pull out those whole algorithms. Do you know if uh, IntelliCode is capable of that kind of stuff? I it'll it will pick out stuff from 
like the what else is happening inside of your context of your context yeah so it's context yeah. aware but only for the next line so for example if you have a, a method this is my assumption right because mm-hmm. if i have a method that's called like download file from the internet and it takes in a file github copilot will attempt to write all of the code <laughs> to do that in your specific language where sometimes too much. <laughs> okay, yeah. Where like in telecode, I would start typing if and it would recommend, hey, based on what other people yeah. do, this is normally what would happen next, but only for that line. It's not gonna like write your whole thing. And then you might go into the next one and it might so again, you might be just tabbing a lot because it's it ends mm-hmm. up writing your whole thing for you. Whereas GitHub Copilot is like, hey, and here's what here's what you want to do based on what you're writing and what you're passing in context wise. Yeah. I, I still do it the line by line tabby tabby, mm. but sometimes it'll just recommend a whole lot. It's funny. Um uh I'm really bad at pronouncing his name. So I'm just gonna say Chris from the F sharp community. If Chris from the F sharp community <laughs> is listening, they know who they are. <laughs> I, your name's really hard to say and <laughs> you know I've tried. Um uh, they were the ones responsible for writing the Copilot UI mm. in code. So the the UI is not exactly like IntelliSense because IntelliSense would pop up a window and then you would a big selection box and you would choose the thing. Uh, Copilot fills in a bunch of text and it's more just kind of temporary there until you hit the tab button and go through it. And he was remarking on Twitter, everyone who's implemented a code prediction engine has basically stolen his UI <laughs> because it just worked out to be really wonderful. That, that that satisfaction of just tapping that tab button and then every so often going back like, no, 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 you overshot your bounds, you know, <laughs> that, that wasn't good enough. But I want to give... Um, Chris from the F Sharp community, and I apologize for not saying your full name. Uh, all the cre- credit in the world for developing a really good UI for that one. I totally plan on stealing for continuous. Nice, yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the other question: is have you found? Because you also went. We talked about it previously. We you went through a lot of testing, a lot of other co-pilot code generators as well. Like you obviously mm-hmm. now have it, and you're using it, which is fantastic. Are you finding it beneficial? Like, do you think it's, you know, helping you write more efficient code, better code, faster code? Like, what is the the ups and, and downs? Because this not only applies to Copilot, it probably applies to IntelliCode, IntelliSense, yeah. and anything else that's out there too, right? There's, because I think the big fear when Copilot came out was, the computer is going to take our jobs. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, we're going back to the 60s and we're not going to be able to have developers anymore because computers will write all the code. Like, that'll happen <laughs> one day, maybe, maybe yeah. not. I don't know. But mm-hmm. doesn't sound like we're there yet. No, we're not there yet. Nope. <laughs> um, but I, I could see it happening. You know, the, the, the we've always been trying to get user programmable software. And this seems like the best way so far to get user programmable software. But are programmers going away anytime now? No. Uh, what it is is a fantastic um, co-pilot. What a good name. <laughs> that is, it's a great name. It, it defines exactly what. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it really is just a really good assistant. So does it make me write better code? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, here's something odd that I've discovered with it. Oftentimes, there's a lot of 
blah 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 that we have to put in our code that mm. i've written a thousand times i've written a for loop a billion zillion times in my lifetime i've written classes a billion zillion times in my lifetime and honestly it gets tedious and tiring and it kind of saps out a little bit of the fun in programming like i might have this cool algorithm in my head and i get it working but i never write the um file saving code you know, like uh, I never make it load the data again, and therefore the app comes up blank every time or something like that. And what I found is because Copilot is so <laughs> has so much zeal for writing blah 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 code, <laughs> I just have to tell it like, uh, and this function serializes all that data up there into JSON and throws it out into a file. And then it writes that function. I'm just like, oh, thank God I didn't have to write that. You know, I'm just so tired of serializing things to JSON and bringing them back up. It's And it turns out that all that bookkeeping code is, it's that 80% of the code that none of us really want to write. It's the 20% of the code is fun. The, the actual algorithmic part, the one that's doing the heavy lift. But there's just so much junk involved in writing a modern app and getting things done. And I found it, it it's even better than like a typing efficiency. It's a mental efficiency. I don't have to bother myself with... Um, how am I going to serialize this data? Well, you know what? I'm going to let Copilot decide how I'm going to serialize that data. Oh, you decided to use JSON. <laughs> I approve of that choice, Copilot. Let's move on. So I would say that that's been my biggest takeaway from it is I'm more willing to write the garbage code because I don't have to write the garbage code. I let Copilot do it. Yeah, I'm. so I did, while you were talking, I installed Copilot and I was running through the demos. And Oh, yeah. It's, I, I mean, my mind is kind of boggled in every single possible <laughs> way. Cause like, not only does it write like, so there's this very something simple, which was like X document dot load. And then you're just like loading like an XML or whatever. And it's like, you just write a comment and it's like, find all images. Cause I understand yeah. the, the idea. Like when I do full line completion with Intella code, it's mm -hmm. looking at the context and I'm, I'm writing code. And yeah. then it is trying to figure out what I'm going to do next or based on recommendations as on a series of things. But this is very fascinating because not only does it do that and it writes the whole method, but it can say find all images and then it's reading your comment and then it's going to try to understand what I'm doing, right? It's reading your comment. It's reading code that you've previously typed. It's looking at all your file names. It's looking at your project structure. It's actually a little unclear how much it's looking at, but it's looking at a lot. It's not just looking at one line above or anything. It has a wonderful context. Uh, I haven't been able to figure out exactly what its context is. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's very smart. Um, again, uh, it, it's almost like two modes. So I do the IntelliCode line completion. I love that, but it is nice having it be able to do that comment trick. Like I just wrote a line of code that's that says I created a new HTTP client and then I waited. So I did this is what I did, folks. Two lines of code. Var client equals new HTTP client. We've all done a hundred times. Then I said var JSON, right? Because I'm gonna download a string from the internet. I said client get string async montemander.com slash monkeys.json. And then I just hit new line and then it it wrote var monkeys equals JSON convert .deserialize object mm -hmm. list of monkey and passes the JSON mm -hmm. and that doesn't 
make any sense to me because how do I even have like a monkey? Like, how did it knew? Like, I mean, I understood that it knew that it needed a monkey. Yeah. But. Uh, well, it knows English. And to know English, you have to understand mm-hmm. relationships between words. To understand relationships between words, you have to have a general concept of thisness <laughs> and objectivity. <laughs> and it learns, it learns, whatever. You know, we don't have the right vocabulary to describe what these things are doing. They're giant pattern matchers, super pattern matchers. And yeah, it figures that stuff out. And that's that's easy mode. It can do better. It can do more. Like <laughs> honestly, it's um I do NS documents, UI documents a lot, and that requires serialization. I'm always just like, I don't know, man, just serial the stuff i don't care how i don't care where you put it <laughs> pick your format and it just does it yeah Fun. yeah it's, it's really kind of bananas in general i do i do feel like the examples that they gave too or at least one of them was documents and files and that to me makes a lot of a lot of sense because yeah or even doing like JSONy type of stuff or you know looking at things like oh that makes a lot of sense i'm looking for a thing in this document we've all done it a thousand times or an attribute or something like that yeah the, the question is that, class <laughs> yeah, that class hierarchy. Is it is it um is it doing the is it doing the right stuff? Like, you know, because yeah. I feel like with IntelliCode, I'm not gonna lie, I feel as though you know, 80% of the time it writes the code, hundred percent of the time it writes code that's valid. Yeah. But 80% of the time it writes code that's like new, modern, C sharp, syntactically correct, <laughs> right? Like it's not always doing is null or it's not always giving me the pattern match by default. So I need to go like, you know, flip around and do a thing, yeah. which makes sense, right? It's like, you know, it, it can only be so smart. It's, you know, it doesn't, it does, you know, in general, but what's the accuracy of like the code you written in, in just that term? Let's say like, the, let's say that the yeah. logic is correct. What about the syntax sugar that's on that puppy? Well, I'm going to preface this with, I don't care. Okay. It wrote the code. It's correct. I'm I'm not one of those. I'm using C sharp ten. Therefore, every I have to code golf everything. Mm. If it wants to use C sharp one syntax, you know what? I can read that just fine. <laughs> I don't feel any need for it to push the standard or anything like that. So I'll say it doesn't even try um, because this is a giant pattern matcher trained on code. It's going to write in the style that it's seen most frequently. So it probably will use longer versions for properties than what you could probably get away with in C Sharp 10. But a really good feature is all those uh, refactoring tools still work just fine. So you let Copilot do its thing, and then maybe you hit a few refactoring buttons, a few renames, um, maybe, yeah, you know, you can have fun reformatting it however you want. But in general, I just don't care, man. I just, I just want it to work. And I want it to be readable. I care more about readable than using the latest syntax or anything. And yet it's still pretty good at picking up the latest syntax. I've learned syntax things from it. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Because <laughs> other people knew you could do that, but I didn't know you could do that. So pretty cool. I, I, I like that. Um, it's also very like with IntelliCode and Copilot, there's like, at least in Visual Studio, there's like little tiny buttons and you can like just turn it on and turn it off like with a, oh, with a button okay. click too. So yeah. Uh, so going back to big mind blowing things, um, I want to say my the next thing I appreciate a lot from it is when I'm in a language that I'm not used to. Ooh. So I do a lot of Python programming because I like to do neural nets, and it's all in Python. <laughs> but it's it's definitely not my 
best known language. And it's wonderful to have Copilot filling in the syntax stuff that I don't really know. I can never quite remember how initializers are supposed to work in Python classes and little details like that, like what is the getter syntax and things like that. And it just does all that for you because its syntax is trivial for these kinds of programs. And so it just, it writes, and it, it's a fun distinction with IntelliCode because it's not guaranteed actually to be syntactically correct code. It is syntactically correct code 99% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> but just from its nature, it's not guaranteed. Um, and uh, for, for languages, it knows really well, like Python and JavaScript, um, it's going to be fine. For C Sharp, it's absolutely fine. Uh, for a language like F-sharp, though, <laughs> mm. it quite often makes mistakes because it does not have as good an understanding of F-sharp as it does the other languages. And so quite often it'll actually make a syntax error in F-sharp. But it's usually kind of like a cute, fun syntax error that you're like, oh, I see what you did there. And then you just go fix it. It's fine. Uh, but that is funny. It, it its downside is that it's um, trained on data, but you know it's it's an upside too. We just got to throw more F sharp code at it next time. Next time they train it. Yeah, I guess the the other question that will be really fascinating as GitHub Copilot and other things progress is as more code becomes available and as more folks write more modern code, right? Like you know, as C sharp ten and C sharp eleven becomes more mainstream and more of that's pushed to GitHub and all this other stuff. I assume that that means that these models, because it's, it's, it, it, it's not doing the models locally, right? It's doing the models no. in the cloud, right? I, I would love to do them locally. And that's what I'm trying to do with mm. continuous. But um, computers are still a bit slow. You'd be amazed at what machines they're running this thing on, how much money they're spending <laughs> to make it as fast as it is. So companies like, I keep saying Facebook, and I really hope it's Facebook. They have a neural network called Encoder, mm. and it's one you can go download, and you can just run it on your machine. But what you'll notice is it fills in words kind of like one word at mm. a time. It's it's just not as fast as those servers. Um, not to say in the future when we get more specialized hardware for running neural networks, which is totally going to happen. You know, more yeah. TPUs are going to be coming down onto computers. Perhaps in the future, um, these networks will be more local. But and and there are services out there. Uh, we're forgetting companies. I apologize to everyone screaming at the podcast right now. <laughs> I know there are many vendors for these things now. It's become it's become an industry. Um, but I would say the general, general programmer computer out there, it's pretty slow for running these things. Got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that's really fascinating to think about too. And also you'd also need some relatively large model as well. Yeah. And then you'd need to maybe download a model for every programming language and all the different things that are with it. <laughs> Well, it's kind of fun. Um, we don't have to go into the details, but those those are the kind of optimization tricks you can do later. Like hmm. Copilot right now is is trained on a million different languages and it's a giant model and it's fantastic. You can definitely make the model smaller by narrowing it down, have an F-sharp only model, a C-sharp only model, things like that. That's what I'm hoping to do with Continuous and just make the model a little smaller so it contains less information. Uh, this we'll we'll find the fine point, you know. I I think Copilot's 
pretty darned good right now. I don't really see a need for it to get dramatically better. So I think it's going to be incremental probably for the next five years. And it's just going to be these networks getting bigger and bigger. I want to say, uh, going back to using them for other programming languages, when I was writing all that JavaScript code to run that translation network that we talked about on the show, I... I don't do modern JavaScript. <laughs> I, I, I know I know JavaScript. I, I can write the JavaScript. But it was hilarious watching Copilot help me write that code because I'm like, oh, I didn't know JavaScript could do that now. Oh, look at that. It has actual loops. Oh, my gosh. Capture variables. <laughs> oh, you've really grown up, JavaScript. Uh, so I just want to reinforce the fact that um, Copilot's such a wonderful learning tool, too, if you uh, find yourself in a new programming language. That's a really great point, too, because whereas if if you were just getting started with a programming language and uh, you um, could just write comments, right? I think that's the other nice advantage here of Copilot or something like Jenny, you like kind of tell it what you want it to do or what you want it to mm-hmm. code and then it kind of does it. And that's a really magical moment. So that's a that's a nice thing. I didn't even think about that in general because I, I have been I have had instances in where I needed to write uh uh, Python code as well, uh, or Python Azure function. And mm-hmm. I was pretty lost because here's the <laughs> amount of times I've written uh, Python codes on my hand. Yeah, it, that's just a fist. There's zero. Is that a one? It's okay. a one yeah. because I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I actually called up Seth Juarez and I said, hey, Seth, uh, can help. you help me write this? Can you help me write this Python code? Because I don't know what I'm doing uh, in general. But to your point, right, it, it kind of is that it can be that nice onboarding experience to if you were opening a project or needed to do something, it, it could give you some basic building blocks to get off yeah. to, to get you going. Okay. So I've said, I, I like it for the mental ease. It gives me, I, I don't have to, I don't want to write serialization code, so it can just do it for me. That's wonderful. I've mentioned it's great for learning, but it's also it's knowledge base is quite impressive sometimes. So you were impressed. It went from monkey to monkeys, but, and I brought up the one where I said I need a point line intersection, but I can do more advanced things than that. When I was, again, writing that um, translation JavaScript library, there's a really, uh, uh, there's a data structure you build up, a tree. It's a certain weighted tree. It's kind of like a binary tree. You walk up and down the tree looking for different things. And I just wrote the class name for it. You know, no comments or anything. I didn't describe it. I just wrote the class name, mm. put a bracket in, and it filled in the entire tree. Wow. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> and the, 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 the trick is it wasn't 100 million percent correct because it didn't have enough context to know exactly how I wanted to, to use the tree. So I still mm. had to go back and modify things and all that. But I found it to be a wonderful resource of knowledge things that i used to google so like i don't google apis anymore generally it's able to guess the correct apis and i'm finding i have to google concepts less i'll just Uh write in use euler's equation and it'll write out euler's equation for me wow and i I love that. <laughs> As a giant nerd, techie engineer nerd, I love having all that information right at my fingertips. That's really neat. I think that's a cool use case for it uh, as well. Yeah, I'm 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 going to flip it on. I'll flip on the bit. That's, that's my plan. <laughs> flip on the bit and then and give it a go. Uh. Oh, uh, sorry. I, 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 can, I can just go on all day, James. Stop me when you get bored. 
<laughs> I wanted to go back to uh, what you were saying about programming languages. I have a sneaking suspicion that these kind of networks are actually going to stall programming language development. Mm. I think what we're going to want are language um, are languages that are easy for it to learn from, are languages that are, it's good at outputting. And I think that the more we use these kinds of things, they're going to slow down changes in languages because, A, they won't be necessary. Programming languages at their core fundamental are pattern matchers. They're taking a set of code that everyone writes and they try to simplify it down into simpler syntax. But if something's just outputting the longer version of that syntax and it's fine and it's readable and it's good, there's no need to make it shorter. There's no need to code golf. Like code golfing is just the antithesis of all of this. It's going to write it out clearly and plainly. And I think that all the programming languages that code golf, I'm sorry to keep using that term, but that pride themselves on, look how short you can write this idea down. I think they're just going to be less useful and we're not going to need that kind of stuff in the future because it just won't be necessary because we'll have more advanced text editors that will output the the junk and <laughs> the stuff we don't feel like typing. Yeah, that's sort of the dream. And I feel like it's been you know, with IntelliSense first, which is why I fell in love with Visual Studio really early mm -hmm. on, and then IntelliCode, and now with Copilot, I, I feel like that that furthers the journey of 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 let me write less stuff. Yeah, and we can't confuse you are writing less stuff, but maybe your code got bigger, and maybe mm. that's an okay trade off. Maybe all this don't repeat yourself stuff. Maybe it wasn't great advice, but yeah. we'll find out. We will find out. <laughs> All right. Well, I like this revisit of uh, topics, you know, not, not that we've done it a lot, but, you know, we talked about it early on, right? And we didn't have like hands-on yeah. experience for months like you've had. So it's kind of good to get this real world co-pilot experience down because when you try something for the very first day, oh, okay, cool. But right. actually using it is very different. Yeah. And I, I think I made this joke on Twitter. When I go into an editor that doesn't support Copilot, it's so awkward. I'll just type something and I'll pause because I'm waiting for Copilot to fill in. And I'm like, oh, gosh, darn it. This app doesn't have Copilot. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I know I've actually fully converted. There you go. Yeah, I've done that with with even IntelliCo. I can't even. So, okay. Flipping it on. I'll report back for our next next update where James <laughs> yeah, yeah. completely doesn't write any code at all. Well, Frank, thank you for walking down memory lane with me here and giving me a nice little update. And um, this has been fun. You know, our, our podcast has always been uh, a joy and hopefully all of our listeners are enjoying it. If you do and you happen to be on an iPhone right now, you know, it'd be really cool is you, you could actually write us a review. We haven't had a review written for the show in over a year because no one really what? writes podcast reviews. Yeah, yeah I, know. I never um, write them. We used to ask for them. <laughs> and when we uh -huh. did, people wrote reviews. Uh, oh. So. We have, at least in the U.S., 82 U.S. reviews, a 4.9 out of 5. That's pretty dang good. That's really good. Um, Thanks, everyone. You can leave a rating, but you can also write a review. And both of those are great. If we can hit 100 before the end of the year, Ooh. I will go head over heels and I will read some of those back on the podcast. And, and you can there's a link in the show notes to actually just open up the Apple podcast app. Boom, go there. I think you can also review it on Spotify, but I, I don't use Spotify, but <laughs> I don't I don't even use Apple Podcasts, but that is the place where most of our <laughs> listeners are at. So I know there's 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 thousands upon thousands of you that are listening right now uh, to this podcast. And, and we would love it if you could go in and leave us a review. I don't ask for much, but I love that. That, that That's a reasonable goal. Let's, let's hit 100 by the end of the year. Fun. 
Hit 100, at least in the US. And then we'll do a, a global goal once I figure out how to uh, log into the <laughs> podcast portal and go from there. How's that sound? Good. Okay, cool. Sounds awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, let us know what your experience is of uh, Copilot. You put that in the put that in the comment, right? Or or, uh, or send us an email, mergeconflict.fm. There's a little contact button there. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. All of our contact information is right there on the website. But that's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.